You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice here on Cannabis Radio. I'm Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications and Projects Manager here at National Cannabis Industry Association, and we're excited to have this show as an opportunity to communicate with our members across the cannabis industry. And today, I'm excited to introduce our listeners to Ben Polera from United for Care, which is the campaign group down in Florida. And they have a lot to be excited about after this election, even though lots of us are processing a lot of things about this election. Um, Florida passed their medical marijuana initiative. So let's start by introducing Ben. Hi, Ben. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, Bethany. Thank you for having me. How's the weather in Florida? Uh, it is 80-something and sunny. That's great. It's 39 degrees and very cold here in Denver, so I'm envious. That's <laughs> um, why I live in Miami. <laughs> so, Ben, um, tell us more about your background and how you got involved in the campaign down in Florida and the cannabis movement in general. Sure. Well, my, my background is mostly in Democratic politics. I've been working on Democratic campaigns here in Florida Uh, Since I was 17 years old, I just turned 32 yesterday. So basically my entire adult life, I've been working on Democratic campaigns here in Florida. Uh, And medical marijuana and and marijuana reform is something that's always been personally important to me and near and dear to my heart, but but not something that I'd ever uh, pursued on a professional level. But after the 2012 elections, I controlled some super PACs and political committees and uh, ended up having some money left over and kind of wanting to write my own destiny for the 2014 election cycle, 
uh, took some of that money to do a statewide poll. Uh, and the, the issues that we looked at in the poll were primarily about Floridians' attitudes towards marijuana reform, specifically uh, asked a lot of questions on medical marijuana. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then I asked some questions on some of the stuff related to the upcoming gubernatorial election. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the response that we got back from, from the respondents in the poll on medical marijuana was just overwhelming. I mean, it was, it was 70% in support of a constitutional amendment mm-hmm. uh, for medical marijuana. And the only other public polling I had seen on it was from two years before that. And it was at like 58, which I was surprised that 58 was, was as high as it was. Um, so I took those poll results and uh, used them to raise uh, a little bit of money and and leaked the results to the Miami Herald. They did a big front page story. Uh, and a buddy of mine emailed me the night the Herald story came out and said, you got to talk to this lawyer, John Morgan, about this. Uh, I spoke with him about medical marijuana about six months ago. He's very passionate about it. And, uh, and I've mm-hmm. known John for most of my career in Democratic politics. He was a, a big Democratic fundraiser. So I emailed him that night and he wrote back immediately uh, within a couple minutes and said, mark my words, I will spearhead this. Uh, and so a couple days later, I was driving up to Orlando uh, with my then girlfriend, now wife, and uh, uh, had lunch with John Morgan and was going there expecting to ask him for a big check to try to get a constitutional amendment uh, campaign off the ground. And instead, uh, he told me he wanted to be the chairman of the organization. So uh, so there are two positions in Florida political committees, chairman and treasurer. Uh, John's been the chairman since basically that day, and, and I've been the treasurer. He calls us Butch Cassidy and the Marijuana Kid. <laughs> wow. Well, that is a really fortuitous connection to have and really, really encouraging to have somebody in that position that that is is so willing to jump on our side of our issues. Um, so that's incredible. Yeah, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't just random either. I mean, John has a, a deep personal connection to the issue. Uh, one of his younger brothers, Tim, was injured in an accident when he was 18 at Disney. Both John and Tim worked at Disney. John was a magician and Tim was a lifeguard. And he was trying to rescue uh, a kid whose drunk parent had lost them, you know, somewhere in the pools there oh, and, no. uh, and took a dive into the shallow end and broke, you know, five of the vertebrae in his back uh, and, has been, and has been paralyzed from the chest down uh, ever since. And it was, John describes it to this day as the the worst day of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was also the moment that made him decide to become the lawyer that he is. He was in law school at the time and the top of his class was, you know, going to go work for a big corporation or a big, you know, white shoe law firm. And, uh, and Disney came back to his brother and instead of, instead of offering him uh, disability, they said, well, you know, we've carved out this position for you. You can work in the call centers of Disney. Uh, you know, on, on the graveyard shift and, and be a part-time employee and we don't need to pay you disability. Uh, and so and so that was the moment when Disney made that offer to his brother who is, you know, now confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. That was the moment he decided to become uh, a plaintiff's lawyer, you know, what, what people call an ambulance chaser, but really a lawyer okay. who represents people on contingency who don't have the money to represent themselves, often, you know, fighting big insurance companies and, and big corporations. Uh, you know, the, but the other thing that came out of, out of Tim's accident was, you know, to get through the day ever since he was, you know, paralyzed at 18, Tim is, Tim is consumed marijuana. And it is, Mm -hmm. uh, it is the, the one thing that he credits with allowing him other than the fact that his brother has been very successful and can now pay for all the best doctors and treatment and everything. But it's the one thing that Tim credits, 
for, for giving him the ability to lead a relatively normal life. He's married. He's got a daughter. He runs the call centers at Morgan & Morgan. And uh, he says that without the use of marijuana, which he's used illegally for 30 plus years now, uh, mm-hmm. that he couldn't get through the day. He couldn't, you know, he tried the painkillers and they just put him in a haze. Um, and right. when he's got one of these just horrible muscle spasms and uh, that come out of nowhere and start attacking, you know, muscles that he hasn't been able to move for 30 years uh, and his whole body's clenching up like a fist, feeling like he's going to die. The only thing that brings him relief is marijuana. Uh, and so that's and so that's why uh, why John was was particularly passionate about this. Uh, they they also have a, a father who died about 20 years ago of cancer and uh, was living with Tim in his last years. And and Tim finally got him to smoke marijuana. And and everybody in the family basically says it gave it gave their dad Ramon another two years two years on the planet because uh, prior to prior to smoking pot uh, he wasn't eating at all. Um, and the doctors had given him like six months just cause he was wasting away. And then I think he lived another two, three years after that, because mm. once he finally bit the bullet and, and spoke to joint with Tim, uh, he was able to sit up in bed and eat a plate of pasta and have a beer and yell at, you know, yell at the football on the TV, uh, <laughs> and, and have, you know, some actual quality of life his last few years. But, uh, yeah. John's, pa- John's passion mostly comes out of his, out of his brother, Tim. And, and so he's just been a tremendous champion for this issue. Uh, he's put uh, over $8 million over the last four years into the two campaigns. And uh, and we would not be speaking today. Florida would not have passed uh, a few Tuesdays ago if not for, for John stepping up you know, over lunch that day back in early 2013. Yeah. Wow. Well, excellent work. And, and we're glad to have advocates um, in both of you. So thanks for, for all the effort and work you've been doing. And and for for those who have personal stories, of people in their lives who who have illness or injury and and are prescribed these very heavy uh, opioids. And NCIA recently published a white paper about cannabis as a viable alternative to opioids in many cases, either reducing the amount by using cannabis or completely replacing opioids with cannabis. So those personal stories of people who are benefiting from it is incredible. And and to have somebody like John Morgan, who has the ability to use that personal story as a reason to motivate changing laws is really incredible. Uh, so getting more into the Florida vote uh, real quick here before we take a break and go to commercial. So this was the second time that Florida voted for a medical marijuana program. And we remember a couple of years ago, uh, we all found out, (laughs) if we didn't already know, that Florida requires 60%, not a 51% simple majority to pass these laws. So yep. that first that first campaign lost by by such a thin margin. What was it? We got fifty eight percent. We got just under fifty eight percent, which mm. I, I like to say only in Florida is fifty eight percent a loss. <laughs> is if you could quickly describe what are the differences between the two campaigns, the one previous and this one that passed? Just what's the quick difference? Well, I think uh, I think part of it just has to do with the with the electorate of a presidential electorate uh, versus a non-presidential, which was the first campaign that we ran, uh, and and just the movement in public opinion. Uh, I mean, again, fifty eight percent is only a loss in Florida. I mean, I think that when we I think that when we got that result in twenty fourteen, it was 
in the top three highest percentages a, a, a medical marijuana initiative had received and maybe maybe the highest in a non-presidential year. But, you know, a loss is a loss. Uh, and then, of sure. course, this time around, we got 71 percent, which uh, which is the highest percentage any sort of marijuana reform initiative has received at the state level. Uh, so I'm yeah. very, very proud of that. Um, so we got we're we're in the top, you know, we got the top both times, but we actually uh, we actually won it this time. Good job, yeah. So Thank just you. more more people coming out to the polls because they were also voting for president. That that that's helpful. So we are going to take a quick break and hear some commercials, but then we'll be right back to talk more with Ben Polera from Florida, who worked on the successful Florida medical marijuana campaign. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts, and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannovation and Canatech Awards. Register before January 6th for $100 savings at seedtosaleshow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. Seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio, the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store sales, trends, and competition, Better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends? Identify and compare your top products and categories and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. If you're just joining us, my name is Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications and Projects Manager here at National Cannabis Industry Association. And joining us today to talk about the successful Florida medical marijuana campaign that recently passed is Ben Polera from United for Care. Thanks again for being with us today, Ben. Thank you for having me. So before we took a break, uh, we were talking about the previous campaign from a couple of years ago and the one that just passed, uh, which gained a, sounds like 11 or 12% additional votes this time around. And, and you noted that that was most likely because more people were coming out to vote, which makes sense. I'm curious if there's any other differences that you wanted to talk about from the first time the campaign was run to this time. Were there any tweaks, updates, enhancements to the language? Yeah, yeah I think we were in a, a unique position of doing this a second time and and of having the opportunity to basically see what the opposition's arguments were the first time, right? And, and they were obviously successful because we didn't get to that 60% the first time around. Um, and, and they ran a campaign in 2014 that was really premised on not attacking the concept of medical marijuana because they were looking at the same polling uh, that we were. And medical marijuana is broadly popular in Florida as it is as it is nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they didn't attack medical marijuana. They attacked kind of the fine points of the law. And their campaign basically consisted of this notion that there were uh, a series of quote-unquote loopholes in the law. Uh, now, I always believed you know, that those loopholes didn't exist in the first place and that they were essentially willful misreadings of the law, you know, intended to distort it for political reasons. But whatever, we got a, we got an opportunity to do it again and, uh, and, and to rewrite the language. You have to basically start the whole process over. So there's, uh, so there's a redrafting process of the amendment where we made some tweaks. And in that redrafting process, we were able to basically remove, uh, to the extent they ever existed, every single one of the loopholes that the campaign uh, that opposed us in 2014 uh, claimed to exist uh, that time around. So uh, that really helped us in a major, major way with editorial boards around the state. Uh, in 2014, editorial boards were pretty split on Amendment 2. We were Amendment 2 both times. That was just coincidence. But editorial boards were pretty split on Amendment 2 in 2014, uh, with maybe even a lean towards opposition. And the reverse, not even the reverse, uh, it was just a complete reversal from, from 2014 to 2016, where I think of the you know, 15 or so major editorial boards across the state, uh, like a dozen of them endorsed us this time, and only I think it was only three or four big papers came out against. Uh, so that was a big deal. And, uh, and, and really, the, the opposition was generally more anemic this time around. I mean, the opposition that we faced in 2014 was historic. I mean... The, mm-hmm. the history of these campaigns is not that there's generally a lot of, you know, super well-funded uh, opponents, right? Usually you have some law enforcement forces. You have the, you know, kind of, you know, Mothers Against Drugs, community anti-drug group type folks that go around and do press conferences. And, you know, maybe they'll raise a few hundred thousand dollars. But the history of these campaigns has been, you know, the pro-marijuana reform campaigns have drastically outspent the opposition forces. And that was, uh, that was flipped on its head in 2014. Um, and yeah, nobody was expecting that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more about the opposition. I understand that there was a very, very rich man uh, who was the 
anti-marijuana donor in 2014 there in Florida. Sheldon Adelson is the name of that that person. Yep. Um, what else do we know about Sheldon and, and why he's a prohibitionist against cannabis? Well, I don't, I don't know why the man is a prohibition against cannabis. Uh, you know, I have, I have my ideas. Um, you know, part of the reason that he stated uh, that he got involved in 2014 was, uh, was out of loyalty and, and friendship with this guy, Mel Sembler. Uh, Mel Sembler is a, uh, is a wealthy shopping center developer, uh, former ambassador, big Republican fundraiser. He was one of Donald Trump's co-chairs in Florida. He was one hey. of Jeb Bush's. He was one of Jeb Bush's, you know, campaign chairs. You know, prior to to low energy Jeb getting out of the race, okay. um, but just be kind of big political figure in Florida. And he and he and Sheldon Adelson have been very very friendly for a long time. Uh, Mel Sembler and his wife Betty have been very very active in the kind of you know drug warrior prohibitionist you know movement. Uh, since uh, since the 70s and 80s, okay. uh, and, and so you know he has this connection with with Adelson through Republican politics, and it kind of there was this confluence of circumstances uh, with the two of them, uh, and and Florida in 2014, uh, and, which resulted in Sheldon Adelson putting in five and a half million dollars opposing Amendment Two in 2014, which. Uh, you know, I've never done the full math on it, but based on my conversations with people like Rob Campia and, and Ethan Nadelman, uh, that that sum, just the checks that Sheldon Adelson wrote in 2014, represented uh, probably by a factor of two or three uh, more than the entirety of money spent opposing uh, any sort of marijuana reform initiatives in all of the recent history prior. Yeah. Right? So ev- every single campaign you know, put together, you know, they spent two or three times more than that in Florida just in 2014. Um, and, and they didn't in 2016, uh, they spent, they spent real money. I mean, don't get me wrong. They spent three or 4 million bucks on the opposition campaign this time around, but only a million and a half of that, uh, came from Sheldon Adelson versus five and a half million, uh, which was, which was good for us. You know, these campaigns, unfortunately are about money and, and, you know, you can't just get, you know, drowned in spending and still expect to win because that's what happened to us in 2014. Um, but we were much, much more on an even keel with uh, uh, with the opposition this time around. And I think that's part of the reason we got the, the result and the margin that we did. But what happened in 2016, which I think is really unfortunate, is uh, Mr. Adelson started giving money to other anti-marijuana campaigns. I think he donated to the campaign uh, in, in Nevada, which makes sense. He's uh, casino owner. He's from Nevada. He lives in Vegas. Um, and I believe he also donated to the campaign in Massachusetts, which also makes some sense. He grew, he spent the first 20 or 30 years of his life in Massachusetts. But, uh, but it is unfortunate that there is now this kind of 800 pound gorilla billionaire who's out there writing checks against marijuana campaigns. But, uh, luckily, uh, his investments uh, in 2016 were very poor, right? He lost, <laughs> he lost every dollar he put in without anything to show for it. Uh, so that that's a positive. Certainly, maybe he'll move on to something else. And yeah, five and a half million dollars against is nothing to sneeze at. That's certainly more than pocket change. Um, yeah. Wow. So we're going to take another break in just a couple of minutes here. Uh, but when we come back, I I, I want to move mm-hmm. away from from the past and the struggle, and let's talk about the victory that we have in front of us and and the highlights of the campaign and and what the system's going to look like there in Florida. Great. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. 
NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new Frontier Data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities. Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's EQUIO.io to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him being that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Everyone deserves the medicine they need. Aaron's premium CBD essentials and CBD nectar products are made from plant-based organic ingredients, grown and processed in the United States. Our unique formula of coconut oil and coconut water infused with CBD oil is ideal for all skin types and provides maximum relief. Aaron's Essentials was formulated by 9-11 First Responder and Stage 4 Cancer Survivor Aaron Sieber. As a cannabis connoisseur, Aaron began making and using his own lab-tested medicinal cannabis products to help relieve the side effects of his rigorous cancer treatments. Visit www.cannosaurbrands.com for more information on Aaron's Essentials and learn how you can pay it forward. That's C-A-N-N-A-I-S-S-E-U-R-Brands.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks again for joining us here on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. This is Bethany Moore, and I'm joined by Ben Polera out of Florida from the United for Care campaign, which successfully passed a medical marijuana program. So welcome back, Ben. Thank you. So as I mentioned before the break, I want to talk about all the good stuff. I want to talk about 
going forward in Florida, what are what are the highlights of the medical marijuana program? What kind of medical conditions are included? And how's that system going to look? Well, to the last question about how it's going to look, that's that's kind of an open question right now. And, and we can talk more about that. Uh, and I certainly have some ideas uh, of, of how I believe it's going to move forward. But uh, in terms of in terms of what the law we just passed is and, and what it means for Floridians, I think the, the single most important thing, uh, and I know this is a, a program for the industry, but uh, when we're talking about medical marijuana, we're, we're talking about the patients, um, is that this law basically allows uh, allows the decision of who qualifies for medical marijuana under the amendment to be left entirely to doctors and patients, right? There is the, the qualifier in the language that uh, that a patient have a debilitating medical condition. I mean, there there are you know other requirements in terms of what needs to happen between the doctor and the patient in order to to become certified. But ultimately, the decision is uh, is made by the doctor as to as to who qualifies for medical marijuana. And at the outset of this campaign, when we were drafting the initial language back in 2013, uh, I you know I said to the lawyers uh, and consultants that were involved in the drafting process, if we don't come out with something. That leaves this decision in the hands of doctors. Uh, you know anything that involves a list or you know politicians or bureaucrats deciding who qualifies and who doesn't. I don't want to be involved. And, and I think the people of Florida agree, right? This is a, a decision that we should trust our doctors with. We trust our doctors to recommend and, and prescribe much, much more dangerous things than than marijuana on a daily basis. Uh, and and doctors in Florida. Uh, should and and now do or soon will have the ability to you know, recommend and certify the use of medical marijuana, just like they're able to do so for amoxicillin or Xanax or Percocet or you know any one of a million things that are all more dangerous than marijuana. Yeah, well, that was really wise because it's it's frustrating for a lot of Americans when members of Congress pretend that they're medical physicians and make laws as if they are. <laughs> so I think that was very wise. Um, so going in into that a little bit more, um, this system is still in process, is what you're saying. Getting getting all the details worked out. There's still more to come. Yeah, we passed a constitutional amendment here on on November eighth, and that's the only form of direct democracy we have. Some states have statutory initiatives where, when you vote on something, you're voting on a whole on a whole law. You know, it's got fifty or sixty pages of of statute to back it up. Uh, in Florida, you vote on an amendment to the state constitution, and you know our amendment's about a page and a half long. And constitutional amendments generally are broad statements of principles, right? Okay. Uh, and, and they require implementation by legislative and regulatory bodies. Uh, so we have set forth in the amendment uh, some timelines for that. Uh, the effective date of the amendment is uh, is January third of next year. Any any constitutional amendment becomes effective the first Tuesday in January after the first Monday of, of the year after it's passed. So our okay. amendment is effective January 3rd. Uh, the state has six months from the effective date to promulgate rules and regulations uh, for a medical marijuana system in Florida, including uh, including patient and caregiver ID cards and, and, and uh, registration and licensing of, of medical marijuana treatment centers, which is what the businesses are called under, under Amendment 2. And then they have nine months from the effective date to actually begin putting all that into place uh, and actually issuing ID cards, issuing registrations to businesses. So uh, so given that, given the, the constitutional imperatives that, that the state has to work under, by this time next year, we should see folks getting their businesses together and, 
and people actually opening their door for business, you know, in the first quarter of 2018. Great, great. Wow, I can't believe we've run out of time. This has been so great. I, I feel like we could do another show just to talk more about what's happening going forward. I'm happy um, to do it. Yeah. But as we wrap up, I know we have co-hosted some NCIA events, our quarterly cannabis caucuses, which we hold across the country. When we go to Florida, we typically co-host with United for Care when we're down there. So NCIA members or those who are interested in becoming members of NCIA can come to this event, meet local campaign folks like you, meet national cannabis industry association staff as well. And we'll we'll continue that going into 2017. So we look forward to hopefully hosting some more events with you and seeing you at our quarterly cannabis caucus events. And we love NCIA. We love uh, partnering up with you guys down here and anywhere you will have us. Great. So United for Care uh, as an organization is going to continue and be there for us. Is that right? Uh, United for Care may not. We have a 501c4 called Florida for Care, uh, okay. which will really be our kind of moving forward advocacy and lobbying arm. Um, but United for Care will carry on in some capacity as well. But uh, as we're going into Tallahassee to actually get this law implemented, uh, we're going to be going under the banner of Florida for Care. Florida for Care. Got it. Well, we're so excited to have connected with you today. And I hope folks in Florida who are interested in getting involved can reach out to you and connect and get involved as as this industry continues to grow, despite any potential threats or challenges we may have ahead of us. Um, our industry is pretty darn strong. We have over a thousand member businesses as members of NCIA across the country currently. So that makes me feel pretty good. Great. Well, we feel <laughs> we feel pretty good about what's going on in Florida here, and uh, and would would welcome anybody who wants to to reach out and uh, you know and and help or get kind of the lay of the land here. Um, we've got a, a big tent and. Uh, we want we want everybody who wants to be involved to be involved. So for now, the unitedforcare.org website is the way to go. That's it. Great. And for anyone else interested in learning more about National Cannabis Industry Association, please log on to www.thecannabisindustry.org. And thank you again, Ben. This has been such a great conversation, and I'm so excited for you down in Florida. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.